0: Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a longtime member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go.
1: Hey, hey, are you ready to get into the message this morning? Just want to welcome everybody that's online. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for just being a part of our church service. And uh, uh, this is our last uh message in the series that we've called living under the blessing excuse me next week we're starting a new one a new series and it's simply called family ties oh man i'm telling you what we're gonna meddle next week is that all right praise the lord we're gonna get into that marriage stuff that nitty-gritty and ooey gooey and i mean your kids are gonna ask you questions going home like did they really talk about that in church mom (laughs) So anyway, you don't want to miss next week. It's going to start a good series and man How many of you know that valentine's is coming up? Woo! Praise the lord. So man, I might just save you with this message, you know So you might want to come and just check it out. Praise God. Amen. Hey, we're going to get into the message this morning And I just want to encourage you again the, The lord said to us that we are purposing to come up higher this year as a church And the church isn't just the building. It is the people of God in the building. So God's calling us to come up higher. And He said that He's calling us to live under the blessing. That hasn't changed from the beginning of creation. But so many of us have really just kind of come out from underneath the covering of what God wants to do and what He wants to see in our lives. And so we're being intentional this year to see God move and see the blessing of God in our life. Now... My wife alluded to something, and it really just struck a note to me when when she was sharing in regards to personal individuals. I, I know all of us have experienced hardships in our lives to where we've gone through things. You might be going through hard things right now. But you realize when you go through hard things, it's difficult to see anything else. Can anybody relate what I'm talking about? And so you heard her say, uh, some I can't remember, the, but this is what I heard. Make God large. Why do we come to church? To magnify Him. Is it just to give Him praise? No, it's to make Him large in our life. And so that is the key to getting through uh, on the other side with victory. Because once again, it is so easy to get caught up in the... Uh, trials and the storms of life, the aches and the pains and the doctor reports and the bills that are coming and the notes that are due. And it's, it's real easy to become overwhelmed where they seem so big and it seems so impossible. But how many of you know the Bible says that God is the God of impossibilities? So how do we get to the point of believing that He is the God of impossibilities, that my impossible situation isn't impossible for God? I make God big in my life. I make God large so that he's so much so that when I look at my stuff, my challenges, my uh, uh, problems, they seem small in comparison to the God that I serve. That's when the scales get tipped to where I start to see the victory because God becomes bigger than the problems. But how many of you ever noticed that the moment you wake up tomorrow morning, you wake up and there's those problems again? And you've been sleeping, and the devil's been talking to you all through the night, and you've been thinking and dreaming on those things, and you get up, and that problem's sitting there facing you, waiting at the side of the bed, and it seems huge again, doesn't it? And we get so busy about our day because we got things we got to do, and then we carry that big problem with us everywhere that we go. Listen, we need to get right on it and start making God big at the first part of the day so that that monkey's not on our back. And when you start to feel him crawling up on there, just pause, man. Let's make God big. Praise God. You might say, well, how do I do that? Just begin to praise God. Pray in the Spirit. That, that scripture that bears witness with your heart, man, begin, Lord, thank you that the Word says. And what you do is you magnify God and you begin to minimize and you begin to discredit the problem that you're facing. Amen. Praise God. Well, that was for free, but nevertheless, it ties in with right what we're talking about, doesn't it? Amen. Thank you for that one. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Well, we said that we're living under the blessing. Well, Proverbs, that we saw this, that the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich and adds no sorrow with it. We said that that word rich means a full supply abundantly provided for. So again, people like to run that in the ditch. Well, you know, you church people always talk about money, talk about living well, talk about whatever. Listen, I don't see in the Bible where God ever intended us to just barely get by and struggle. But actually, I see that all through his his scripture, he blesses and takes care of his people. They may have gone through some trials and storms and bumps and bruises through their life, but God always redeems the time and always restores them, right? Right. And he said, the blessing of the Lord, not the blessing of your job, not the blessing of your inheritance, not the blessing of your 401k, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich and adds no sorrow. Well, where did the blessing come from? Because the blessing isn't just something that was said, you know, kind of like, well, you're going through a hard time, well, i bless you there. Just, just bless you, little thing, you sweet little thing. You just look so pretty. You, just, you know, I know you're just acting so pathetic, but bless you. <laughs> That's not what he's saying, right? He's not trying to coax you up or make you feel better. It says the blessing or something that God declared, or basically what you could say, it was the covenant that God declared to you and me. So over in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, look at what it says there. You'll see it up here on the screen. But notice what God says. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, Fill the earth and subdue it. So stop for just a minute. We said that God said, you're blessed or I bless you. And because I bless you, now be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So in other words, there was a void or a vacancy. And God says, I'm telling you or giving you a commission to add to this earth. He says, fill the earth. Now notice these words. And subdue it. Or in other words, uh, conquer it. He says, have dominion, that word dominion means to have authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So now, we've talked about the blessing, but notice that latter part of that. Because oftentimes, I believe that we as believers, we think that, well, God says that we're blessed, therefore, it ought to be automatic. Well, I don't know about you, but have you ever, uh, if your employer said, you know, um, I'll guarantee you 40 hours a week or a 40-hour paycheck, and you get to the end of the week and you think, well, hey, where's my 40-hour paycheck? And he says to you, well, you never work 40 hours. How do you expect a 40-hour paycheck? So there's an exchange, right? So God says that you're blessed. He says as a result of that blessing, you'll be fruitful and multiply, But now, pull that back up on the screen if you don't mind. Notice he says, subdue or to conquer it and have dominion and authority over the earth. So, in other words, that tells me that something is challenging my blessing. If he tells me to have authority and to subdue or conquer, what am I conquering? I mean, I'm living in the blessing of God, I'm living in the perfect will of God. Well, if he's telling me to subdue, then something is challenging the blessing that brings fruitfulness and multiplication and increase to my life. And in this earth, if you didn't realize it, the Bible says that we're up against a foe and the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he's endeavoring to rob the blessing from your life. And so it is not up to God to ensure the blessing. Or the increase of our life. God says you are blessed. Because you're my kids. He says but you do something. To ensure it. To activate it. And keep it working. Amen. So many times I believe that we. We, we get, into, get into this little pity party. If you will. Where we're saying God how come you're not doing nothing. Why does God letting this happen to me. Well God you said you would do. And God I don't see you doing anything. And God says, well, I've already called you blessed. Why aren't you ensuring it? Because I said to you, have dominion and conquer it. Amen. Now, do we see a perfect example of what happens when you don't subdue or conquer that which comes against the blessing? Adam and Eve fell. And you and I are paying for it even now. Man, I tell you what, I think there's going to be a long line uh, there to meet Adam and Eve when we get to heaven. Like, I want to talk to you, sir. I want to talk to your woman, by the way, but you know, I want to talk to her. <laughs> I want to talk to her. Amen. So it is our responsibility to ensure the blessing of the Lord, not God's. Look at what it says here in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. Matthew 7, verse 24, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, and this is Jesus speaking, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, He will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So whose house endured? Whose house stood? It was the one that was built, or the foundation was built upon the rock. The rock is significant or signifies the word of God. The the individual that builds his house on the word, these sayings of mine, the storms will come, but the house won't fall. And notice it says that both of them heard the sayings. Both of them had storms that came. One stood, one fell. And the one that fell, it had a great fall. Now, if you'll just pause for a moment and think just over the time of your life of serving God, have you recognized that there's people in church or people that are in the body of Christ, people that you may have known that some, they're like, man, they go through hardships. They went through the the bumps and the bruises, but man, they come out on the other side doing well. Sometimes you might even see those individuals like, man, everything that they put their hand to, man, it just turns to gold. I mean, they come out smelling like roses. But then you know that those those other ones, they go through the hardships of life, and man, it is devastating to them. So what's the difference? There are so many times that people say, well, God lets this happen to some, and he does this for others. Well, that would mean that God has favorites. But my Bible tells me that he is no respecter of persons. So therefore, there is not one that God favors over the other. He looks at us equally the same through the eyes and the blood of Jesus. Amen. So therefore, if one can come through the storm and stay standing, that means everyone can come through the storm and stay standing. It's just a matter of what you've been doing to prepare for the storm. Have you been building your life, the foundation of your life, on the Word? Or has it been built on other things? So in other words, when the storm comes, have you been making God big in your life? Have you been making God bigger than the storm that's coming down the the road? Or when it gets there, do you crumble and think, oh dear God, how are we ever going to make it? Amen? So once again, we all see That there's individuals that endure and there's those that fall. But again, the one that stands is the one that builds his house upon the rock. Amen. So in other words, we must be people of the word. To be an individual that consistently sees the blessing, we've got to be people that understand what God's word says concerning the blessing and concerning the promises of God. Now, let me give you an example. This is just something that happened within the last two days. Uh, if you've been around any length of time, you've heard me talk about uh, uh, my struggles with uh, canker sores in my mouth when I was a young man, when I was a kid growing up and in a young man. And finally, when I got to a place like, you know what, I don't have to take this anymore. I'm standing on the Word, building my life upon the foundation of the Word. I'm the healed of the Lord, so canker sores no more. And for the last 30, almost 30 years... I've maybe only had a canker sore in my mouth maybe five times. And that's only because I didn't get on it with the word. I just got passive and I let it come. And it doesn't mean that I'm not uh, not susceptible because the storms will come. What do I do when the storm comes? It doesn't mean that I don't have opportunities to experience it. What do I do when the storm comes? Well, so my son, uh, he's 11 years old and... He, I guess he's been blessed with my genetics because he's one of those guys that struggles with those canker sores or has been. My girls, they don't deal with that. My wife don't deal with that. But him, I mean, that poor guy, I mean, when he gets one, I mean, he can drink a glass of orange juice and the next day, man, something's going on. And when he gets them, I mean, it's not just one, it's like two or three of them at the same time and they're big. And I just feel for the guy because you know that they just hurt. And so over about the last year and a half, I'm like, okay, son. I said, you've heard me tell the story about just my personal experience. I said, well, we're going to get on this and we're going to believe God that you're going to be free from having to deal with this all the time. He's like, okay, dad. So he's always coming to me and he's like, dad, I got one coming or I got one in my mouth and we'll pray. And I've not necessarily seen the success in his personal life to be free from or to overcome those canker sores that came. And it really kind of frustrated me to some degree because I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to teach him how to trust you. Well, one of the things that I've consistently seen is that whenever they come, he comes to me and says, "Get Dad, and we pray. And and again, the duration of time has not been lengthy. Well, just as of late, you know, we've been doing some personal uh, uh, devotions, and obviously we've been hearing about the blessing and talking about the blessing in our home. And so just the other night... Uh, two nights ago, he comes to, to me before he's going to bed because we say prayers before he goes to bed, and he says, hey, Dad. He said, I've got canker sores. i got one over here, and i got one right here. He says, will you pray? And I said, okay. But this time was different. I said to my son, I said, okay, son. I said, tell me why you believe that you have the right to be free from canker sores. He says, well, it's the word. I said, Correct. I said, but give me a scripture or tell me why you believe you ought to be healed or not have to deal with this canker sore. And so he gave me a couple different scripture references or he told me the scripture, not saying, well, it's found here, but he gives me or recites parts of the scripture. And I said, all right, son. I said, so obviously, you know what the word says concerning you. And I said, so let's pray. And as I said, this time was different when I prayed. I put my hands on the side of his face, and I could sense the tangible anointing. I'm like, well, that's different, God. All right. And as I began to pray, I said, God, I said, you heard what my son Carson said in regards to your word. And so I agree with Carson, and we present the word that he spoke just a moment ago before you. That because he's a child of God, because he's blessed, because you went to the cross, he can receive healing in his body. And we claim it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last night he went to bed and so, as our custom is, gave him a hug and kiss, you know, and we, we started to pray. And I'm like, oh, hey. I said, what about those canker sores? He's like, they're gone. Amen. And so, we saw the victory, not that we didn't have the victory, not that he wasn't blessed, but this time, we built the foundation of the Word of God. Or Carson himself said, here, Dad, this is what the Word says, and therefore, God, your Word says, we're reminding you of it, therefore, we believe that we receive in Jesus' name. And he's this morning without canker sores in his mouth, because the Word works. Amen. So to ensure the blessing of the Lord, it is not for you to get all lathered up and worked up and like, oh, I got to, you know, recite the word. No, let the word fight your battles for you. The word says, let the word work, but you've got to keep the word stirred so that God becomes bigger than the storm or the situation in your life. Everybody tracking with me? Why? Because we're the blessed of the Lord. Now, I know this is a little bit different than what we've been talking about, and, and, and I'm hoping we, we're running short on time. I'm hoping that I'll get to where I'm going. But it's important for us to understand that it's the Word of God, and it is our responsibility to ensure the blessing of the Lord. Look at what it says here in James chapter 1. It says in James chapter 1, verse 25, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, speaking of the Word... And notice he says the perfect law or the word is liberty or it produces freedom. And continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed. Will be blessed in all that he does. Notice it says that you can experience liberty or freedom and the provision and prosperity or the blessing of the Lord Through what? Not just being a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. How do I ensure the blessing? Not putting the responsibility on God and saying, God, you do it. He says, no, I've given you my word, and my word ensures the blessing. Now, just be a doer. Do what it says. Amen. Just do what it says. Praise God. And so when you're a doer of the word, what it does is it produces faith for you to trust God. Now, I was just talking with somebody recently, and again, this is applicable to everybody. You know, because I said that there's storms that that we face in our lives. You know, and so the question is, is, you know, are we really truly in faith? Because how many of you would agree that when uh, the storms come... It's not the most comfortable thing or the first thing that I want to do is go read the Bible. I mean, the first thing that I want to do is go boo-hoo and cry. Go sleep. Watch TV. Eat a half a cake. (laughs) Right? I want to feed the flesh. Because if I feed my flesh, at least I can pacify that right now. (laughs) I'll feel better. My tummy don't. But, boy, I kind of feel better at that cake, you know. But what do I have to do? I have to feed my faith. That's why church is so significant. Man, if you're going through a hardship, if it's physical in your body, I mean, if, you, if you're if you the person, man, I've got cancer going into my body. I mean, for somebody that says, you know, I wasn't feeling good today, so I decided not to come to church. You know, it's been a few weeks since I came to church, but I haven't been feeling good and the doctor says I got cancer. No, listen, you need to get into church every time the church doors are open, not so that you can be religious and go to church, but it's so that you can sit under the preaching and the teaching of the word so that your faith can grow because there will be people that partner with you, undergird you, help support your foundation rather than you being all by yourself when the storm is so big in your life does that make sense again if, if you're going through things that's when you have to be intentional get into the word and you say I don't feel like it listen I know it's not comfortable I mean again I said to you that when, when I'm going through things the last thing that I want to do is just go read my Bible praise the Lord there's another promise of God I'm facing it right now but God I don't see the promise of my life right now I mean I'm subject just like you but the more I get into the Word, it begins to establish and secure and, and, and establish the foundation. God, you said that I'm blessed. Amen. So once again, I've got a purpose to... Well, let me just give this example. Anybody ever, anybody ever uh, done those Waldo puzzles? Where's Waldo? You know, you look at the drawing, and, and it's like a, a maze of mess and all kinds of things. And you got to look in there to find Waldo? I mean... I can find Waldo, but it takes me a moment. You know what I mean? And I've got my systematic way of how, how I find Waldo. you know, you probably got yours as well. But why does it take a minute to find Waldo? Waldo? Because Waldo is somewhere small within all the clutter, right? And it takes you a moment to sift through the clutter to finally find him. That's what the storms of life do when they come is they present or bring all kinds of clutter so that it makes it difficult to see Jesus or experience the blessing because of all the distraction. And that's why the Word or coming to church or being around the brethren of the, of the church, it helps you focus and see what you need to see. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so let's continue. Let's let's look at a way in which we declutter the blessing. Because God wants us to experience the blessing. And if you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, we talked about really that uh, one of the significant things over there in 2 Corinthians, he was talking about being intentional with your giving. That your giving connects some things to the blessing of the Lord. So let's... Look at uh, Malachi chapter 3. It's something that we've looked at often. And you you know of it well. But let's look at it again. For the sake of seeing it through the lens of the blessing of the Lord. He says this starting in verse 6. He says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Aren't you glad he don't change? So once again, if you're facing a situation and you've seen God perform a miracle, or do the impossible for somebody in the Word or somebody in your church, then you can say, God, I know you don't change. If you did it for them, you'll do it for me. All right. Uh, I don't change, therefore you you are not consumed, O son of Jacob. Yet from the day of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances or my Word and have not kept them return to me or return to the word or the ordinances and I will return to you says the Lord of hosts but you say in what way shall we shall we return then he goes on to say in verse eight will a man rob God yet you have robbed me but you say in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings so in other words he said Here's something that I've set into motion that will help you experience the blessing. Now, everybody understand this. You are blessed. Tithing does not make you blessed. You are already blessed. Giving does not make you blessed. You are already blessed. But tithing and giving has a significance to ensure and activate and, well, we'll look at it here. Because there's a major significant part that it helps. He says, you walked away from the ordinance or the instruction of tithing and offering. In verse 9, he says, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me. Now, once again, we'll look at that, what that curse is. But that curse is not what God's saying. Now listen, I'm slapping a curse on you. And if you don't give me of your tithe and offering, then I'm going to slap you upside the head and you are going to experience the worst curse of your life. That's not God. He actually is saying, what you do is you open up yourself to the curse of the fall because you've walked away from the ordinance. And we'll see what that curse looks like in just a minute. All right, verse 10. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, that there, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough for you to receive. So did you notice that the blessings are just waiting? There's back pressure to them. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord overtakes you. So there's the blessings that's wanting to come, but the Bible says that there is a cooperation. It's not all God's responsibility. He said, if you'll do something, if you'll be a doer of the word, he says, oh, my goodness, the blessings are going to come. The windows will open up. The blessings will continue to flow. Why? Because you engaged action to uh, allow the flow of the blessings to come. All right. Verse 11. And, now this is the curse part. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that, you will not be, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vines fail to bear fruit for you in their fields, says the Lord of hosts. Did you remember that it says that the blessing of the Lord, that he blessed, he says, now be fruitful and multiply. And he says that there's something that we can engage in that will allow the enemy not to rob our fruitfulness, our increase. You seeing that? You want me to read it slower? No. You got it, right? Verse 12. And notice what it says here. And all nations will call you ragtags, orphans. This chumps for serving Jesus. Is that what your Bible says? No, it says that all nations will call you blessed. For you'll be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So what happens? God says that you will look so blessed, be so blessed. that The fame of your blessing will be to the point where you don't have to say that you're blessed. People will call you blessed. And why is it? It's because the enemy has been rebuked for your sake. The one that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God says, I step in and I block them from doing so. What did he do to Adam and Eve? How did they miss or lose the blessing in the garden? Because the devourer came in and was able to steal it. And God says, now listen, when you're needy." Some financial support and help. The enemy comes and he's wanting to steal everything that you have. But, he says, you know what? I'm giving you an opportunity to allow the blessing to flow. And when you'll keep my ordinance, he says, the devourer cannot do what he wants to do. Amen. Now, here's the thing. We get to this point where everybody's like, yeah, you know, it's always about money. It is not a money thing. It's a heart thing. I said it's a heart thing. Right? I mean, if, if we as, it, I, I like hunting stuff, you know. Every opportunity I can buy something new for hunting or fishing, you know, I'll do it. Well, you know, uh, my wife has, you know, talked about it so much. My kids talk about it now. Oh, they going to buy something. Did you go to Cabela's tonight, Dad? Where'd you go? Did you go down to Bass Pro? Sh- you know. So again, th- there, there's this conversation. Well, if we started missing our bills, started missing our payments, couldn't put food in the cupboards, but man, I've got all the tackle boxes filled and all the latest and the greatest uh, uh, hunting materials and supplies and all that. Well, then uh, somebody could say, well, you know, you're not taking care of your family. You're not doing what's. You're not doing the right thing, right? But God wants us to understand. He wants to take care and supply of all of our needs. But we have to be personally responsible. And he says, here's a way in which, again, I said, it's not a money thing. It's a heart thing. So if all I ever did was spend the money on myself for hunting and fishing, my kids or my wife could say, you don't really love us. Because it's not expressed in how you take care of us, right? Now, here's another thing. Uh, I shared this before, but you recall, you know, when it comes to the children of Israel when they were walking with God and they were endeavoring to be uh, led by God and provided by God and God provided manna every day. Do you recall how many days the manna lasted throughout the week? How many days? It has lasted that day. So God made provision for the day. Now, we in our smart thinking, we're thinking, well, dear God, man, if I can get all I can and can all I can get, man, praise the Lord, I'll be ahead of the game in case there's hardship that comes. And God said, no, just get provision for each day. And when there were those that tried to hoard it up and stock it up, it says that it spoiled and it rotted and it was rancid. Why? Because God says, I will take care of your daily needs, right? And so God's saying, I want to take care of your daily needs, but I want you to trust me. And so, once again, when we say, well, I I can't afford to do that, what you're saying is I can't afford to trust God or I don't really trust God. And you say, well, why does God put a request on us concerning finances? It's because He wants to know that He can trust you with it. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich. I am rich now, but I'm on my way to be richer. And that simply means a full supply abundantly provided for. Well, for me to go from where I'm at to get to where I believe God desires me to be, it requires me to trust God and God to trust me. Right? So once again, those of you that have kids, I have young ones, and they'll get money and they'll get allowance and they'll get gifts and things of that nature. One of the things that I've noticed about my kids is that they have no concept of budget. They have no concept of the value of money. I mean, I can go in my son's room and there'll be money scattered all over the floor. It's like, well, what are you doing? Why don't we? I don't know, just you know. Well, you know, put it in a drawer or something. Oh, okay, you know. I mean, no value of money at all. I mean, there's a $20 bill laying right there. I'm like, I have finders keepers, buddy. You know, <laughs> there's no concept of money or value of money because of their maturity, right? In fact, for that matter, their maturity, my son's maturity, I mean, he's going into Amazon every day and he's putting his little wish list Legos in there, you know, my, I'm getting that one and this one and that one, right? I mean, the one, you know, the one he put in there is like $2,300, like, you crazy kid, you ain't getting that one. What's my point? There's no concept of money. So if I was to come to my son and give him a million dollars, he doesn't understand the value of a million dollars nor how to, to use that effectively. So, we always say, well, God, if you was to bless me with a lot of money, I would be a giver then. No, you wouldn't because you don't know how to value money now or with what you do have. So, if you had this over here, it would still be the same situation. But what God's wanting us to do is to be able to mature right here where I'm at so that He can increase me. And when I get here, He can trust me in this place. And therefore, when He brings me here for fruitfulness and increase and multiplication, He can trust me here. And therefore, I... I continue to grow and increase and am blessed because of the blessing on my life. As I said, it's not a money thing. It's a heart thing. Can God trust us with increase? Can he trust us with the blessing? And so once again, God is saying, will you honor the ordinances that I've laid before you? I've said this before in regards to understanding some things. I said to you that, well, we were talking about manna, how manna had an expiration date. It only lasted one day. And I said, uh, in regards to revelation of the word, I I use this loosely, I said, revelation of the word has an expiration date. Now, the word is eternal, and and the, the realities or the revelation or the truth of the word never runs out. But let's say, for instance... If I'm a tither or a giver today, the revelation that I respond to today of being faithful to God's word doesn't last me the rest of my life. It lasts today. And tomorrow or next week when I'm given the opportunity to respond my worship toward God in my tithe or my giving. And the the devourer is sitting right there saying, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I just dare you not to do it because I've just been waiting on this one, buddy. I've had this one (laughs) waiting for you. And so therefore, again, we say, well, I gave two weeks ago. That ought to cover me for this week. No, you realize that mosquito spray don't last you all summer long, Right? You know, you make one application that lasts you for the day or maybe a couple hours. And so, once again, it's progressive where we're walking and living a life where, God, I'm trusting you in the area of my money because, God, I give you my heart. I trust you with the blessing and, God, you can trust me with the blessing because I'm purposing to mature in the things that you're leading me to. Amen? Let me close with this. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It may be familiar to many. It says this. This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. It did not say your success is based on God. It is not God's responsibility, it is ours. He says, if you will meditate or remind yourself. Now, once again, let me just back up for a moment. Why do we struggle in the the area of giving? It's because when it comes to the giving, the God of the blessing has not become big in our life. So we think that we're subtracting from our life. Because we haven't trusted him. But when you experience the goodness of God. God, you're faithful every time. And I'm purposing to make you big in my life. So that I have success. And blessing. And increase. God's faithful. And he's calling us up higher. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? I said that these things are applicable to every area of our life not just money but the blessing affects your health, your emotions, your marriage, your family. And you can call me silly, you can call me radical, you can call me extreme, but it works. This past summer I was out with my son. I think I may have shared this with you. We were out fishing. And it was one of those hot days. And so my son's starting to complain. It's hot out here. You know, and he, can we go? Can we go? And I'm like, come on, let's just fish, buddy. I said, it's all right. And we're trolling. Got lines out in the water. And so I'm sitting there because I'm getting frustrated because I want to fish. I want to enjoy it. But he's not having a good time. And so I said, out loud for my son to hear it, I said, Lord... I said we're tithers and givers we're blessed you said that we are to have dominion and authority over all the fish of the sea and I said so Lord because we're blessed I thank you that the fish of this body of water are being drawn to our lines and I kid you not within five minutes lines started popping everywhere And we got them in the boat. Now my son is experiencing this and seeing this. What's he learning? God's faithful. And then we got them all pulled in. And then we started fishing for a little. And I'm like, all right, buddy. I said, let's just get one more. I said, if he got us those other ones, I said, let's pray for one more. And then we'll head in, all right? Okay. God, thank you. We're asking you for one more fish. And within five minutes, pop, there's that fish. And we went in. Like I said, you might call me extreme, but my God says that I can have some dominion and authority over the creation because I am blessed. When I went hunting down in Oklahoma, never got a big deer in my life. Man, I always got little wimpy deers. Yeah, I always shot does just because I never saw a big deer, you know. So I went down there and knew there was some big deer on my father-in-law's property. And I said, I'm sitting up in my tree stand and I'm like, God, this is my year. I got bold with that. This is my year, God. I said, I am blessed, and I thank you that you're sending deer my way. I only sat in my tree stand for about thirty minutes, and here he come. And he went this way, and I pulled my gun over, and then he shot across this way, and so I'm starting to yell at the deer to get him to stop, and he stops just enough. And now listen, I've never told anybody this. All right, now listen. I Got the deer in my sights. He's in this little V of a tree. There's all kinds of debris right there And I'm thinking to myself. I don't know if I to take the shot But man, I'm not gonna let this deer go and before I know BAM the gun went off And the deer flopped down And I mean he's a big deer. I mean one of these days in a few months. He's gonna be hanging on my wall He's he's that But I'm sitting there thinking God you brought me the deer But I'm like God, I don't even remember squeezing the trigger. I mean, it was almost, and again, I said, I never told anybody this. It was almost like the Lord said, shoot now or you're going to miss your opportunity. And he kind of helped me squeeze the trigger. Bam, there he is laying on the floor or on the ground. I'm like, praise God. And then a little bit later, the next day, I go out in the field, get my spot, 30 minutes. seeing him come strutting across a different deer, 160 yards, dropped him, had a, track them a little bit my point is this going into my hunting season I don't go in thinking well if I just get lucky well you know if one happens to straggle by I've got dominion God thank you that the blessing of the Lord is working for me right now deer are starting to move and starting to travel because I'm blessed in Jesus name If you need a job and you feel like there's no job opportunities or nobody's calling you, remind yourself, I'm blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. And the work is coming my way. The phone calls are coming in in Jesus' name. If the bills are stacking up, I'm blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You'll take care and supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Jesus' name. Activate the blessing and see God be God. And when I say that, don't think he's a slot machine where it's just like, okay, tomorrow he's going to do. No, just walk it out. Are you with me? Come on, this is our year. Going higher. And once again, if you're hearing me talk about money this morning, then you heard everything wrong with what I'm talking about. Because it's it's a heart thing. And God's faithful. My family's going to be blessed. My children are going to serve God. My marriage is going to be stronger. Why? Because the blessing of God is working. Father in the name of Jesus I pray right now I declare that blessing that was established from the foundation of the world God, I echo what you said at the beginning of creation, and your voice is still reverberating throughout eternity, that we are the blessed of the Lord, that we will have dominion and authority, that we are fruitful and multiplying in Jesus' name. So I thank you that every single family of Genesee Valley Church is walking at a higher place in a greater position of blessing, and God, I thank you. It's a new day, and we look different, think different, talk different, because we're people of the kingdom of God in Jesus wonderful name and we all said Amen. amen
0: and with that we come to the end of this episode we hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today and we invite you to join us again next week Let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others. We encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service. You can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.